0: Welcome, listeners, to the Punk Theology Podcast. I would be your host, Russ Shaw. Soon we'll be joined by Derek and Steve. More about the punks, who we are, what we do, punktheology.net.
1: You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. This would be season three. In life, there's
0: things we have to do. There's things we get to do. And then there's things we want to do. Whether it's motivation, encouragement, or nurture, is it possible to access and engage somebody else's want to switch? I'm going to leave it right there. Um, questions, concerns, want to be a dial-in caller on the Punk Theology Podcast? You can uh, phone us at 425 750 Whether you'd like to ask a question, give some feedback, or just react, we'd love to hear from you. Again, 425-750-5115. Podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to send us an email. And of course, punktheology.com. Where you can find our Facebook group, our Twitter handle, our YouTube page, all of it. Right there, punktheology.net. I'm going to get shut the heck up get right into it. Here we go. Good
2: content. Good. Good content. Don't waste the good content. Derek. I don't know why I just what the went hell British. Out? I know. <laughs> it was bad British cigars. <laughs> bad British too. That's right. <laughs> bad actor British. It's good to see you guys again, fuck. It's been a week and last week I could week meet and we trying to meet last week a couple of days and it was You got a like, job. I got a job. Full time. I'm not unemployed anymore. I'm not self-employed. Get a job. I'm not self-employed. Yeah. You gotta
3: change your Facebook.
2: Yeah, man. i going to change my Facebook. How but I'm you... kind of worried about, so I'm a professional mechanic. How long has it been since you've been under the man? Oh, it's been at least 25 years. My son, so when I started the pizza thing as a self-employed dude selling pizza, seriously, like that's what I did for a living. I went to a, a pizza place and they, you want to go to work as a driver? So I did that for a little while and then these guys were running in and out and I'm like, what are they doing? They're selling pizza, like hot sales, it's called. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how do you do that? And then I got a van, and then I went to big company. So, long story short, I did that for 25 years. Well, 20 years. And then I did Uber and Lyft for five years. All self-employed. Right. I burned through two cars. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I went like, 20 grand in debt, and I had to file bankruptcy because I couldn't pay my fucking bills a year ago. And... Uh, And yeah, so that's so now I'm I'm uh, I'm under the man, but it's cool because it's it's a a skill I enjoy. It's something I know, and and in a shop, I don't have to crawl around under my car. Everything's like computerized, and there's there's like air tools that hang from the ceiling, and it's like
3: (sighs) (laughs) the oil's in guns. It's church,
2: man. It's my new church. Oil and guns. (laughs) So, you pull no, it? No, the oil's a little different. But it is, it's is—it's cool, though, because so there's so many different oils now that you yeah. can't do that anymore. But you don't have cans, though, do you? Out, no, it's like these cool, like high-tech jug-looking things. Yeah. And so, you pour just amount enough oil in there, and then you look up the thing, the spec is on the work order, and you just. It's just all
3: super. Just don't start the car until you put the oil in
2: there. Yeah, you gotta watch that. <laughs> That's dangerous. And you put a little blue seal. Well, here's what's cool about the oil changes. So, To make sure you don't forget to screw down a fucking (laughs) like like someone would do that. But it happens because people space out and, you know, you don't leave the bleeder screw off when you do an oil change. So you tighten it down and there's like a, you know how like wine bottles or Maker's Mark? Yeah. The whiskey bottle. Right little bottle of blue stuff and you put it on there and it marks it so if the customer comes back and says hey you left the bleeder screw no I didn't if that thing's broken you know somebody fucked with it so that's the procedure
3: that's cool yeah which is kind of cool cool. because when I 30 years ago 40 years ago changed oil at Beverly Park Service Mm -hmm. but we also had the the gas pumps working so, you'd be right in the middle of an oil change and ding, 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 you're right there and fill somebody's gas tank. And you can and you come back and it you took went. you five minutes to figure out remember where you went. And I was oh, younger then. And I did that once uh, on a Porsche. Oh, man. I forgot to put the oil in. It, it started up and it was banging. Oh, like shit. Oh, fuck. Put the oil back in <laughs> <laughs> there. Nobody heard. Nobody, Nobody. heard. <laughs> oh, yeah, oil was yeah. fine. Yeah. But we had guys leave the. Uh, oil cap the filler cap off and it blew oil all over the yeah. engine yeah. this was those it was us like a 76 silica Toyota silica overhead cam
4: well let's turn oh. into car talk no sorry, sorry. It is, uh,
3: right. let's, let's just bring
4: back some talk. memories there's,
2: there's some click and clack that's there's right like, stop, stop with the car talk for God's sake <laughs> What have a lot of female listeners which what what I'm two? proud of Hey, As dudes, females
4: can talk car, about cars too. Yeah, they can. Like, fuck. So <laughs> did your sister listen <laughs> to that last episode? I think so, but she hasn't uh, said anything about it yet. Oh. So I should text her. See what she. Thinks. I was looking at, like... Uh, Chuck did. Chuck listened three times. Did he? Oh, he did liked it like yeah like that? Yeah, him and I sat and talked about it on... So it had,
2: like, a ton of listens. Yeah. And we're well, like, oh, I like... I'm like, skeptical of glitchy. I, yeah, yeah. yeah,
4: Like, last I checked, it was 400 listens. Wow. Which is the most we've had on anything. I it's think. even more than our Peter Rollins. Oh, interview. No. I still those. feel like it's broken. <laughs> I know. Me <laughs>
2: too. I don't know. Because we're not getting... I don't know. But see, I've done podcasting since 2005, and, and what I found... It's a lot like YouTube, where... One video gets a lot of hits, right? and, you don't and really people don't subscribe, like, because our, our subscriptions haven't really gone up that much. Yeah. A little bit, but not, not to that much. Yeah, 400 some odd. So it's striking a chord somewhere on the interwebs. If you could help us solve that dissonance as to why <laughs> that show is so popular, please uh, call or text. It's punktheology.net. Just... just you throw us a fucking bone over here. Please. Yeah, none of you talk to us.
3: <laughs> none of you talk to we us. We, we
2: even out. have a phone number, which I can't remember yeah. right now. But <laughs> it's
4: on the website.
3: Yeah. We might even put you on the in the podcast That's with us. That's true. Oh, yeah, we would. We're, we're so, would so totally fucking lonely. Yeah. 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 We can not
4: even shit on hang us. So we would celebrate. Yeah, come so tell us how awful we are. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> That's right. So, Derek, you had a great, like. Yeah, we can go a oh, couple of different directions with it. Yeah. Um, it's the want-to button, not the one to is in the numbers, but one, I, like to. I want to. Why do you want to? Or not to. It's, more, it's So the way I'm approaching it is more of that frustration of getting someone else to want to do something, mm. and realizing that you don't. You don't have access to their want-to button for that particular thing. Mm. And trying to figure out like how bad do I need them to do this? Do I try to manipulate them into that? Do I expose some vulnerability? Do I give up on it? Do I fight about it? Right. Do I So like um, well Misha and I have been having a little bit of a conflict recently. Okay. Um, and Misha's button want to button has always been really hard for me to access. Um, she's just Strong-willed like that, and it's not like anger or uh, it doesn't come out of spite. It's just uh, I don't have never really figured out how to get her to want to do certain things. Uh, Like, and more specifically, it was I'm there's some emotional stuff that she really needs to work on before I can really make a move forward in our relationship. So, uh we spent a lot of time talking about can you elaborate? I can. I'm not gonna right now, but um, uh, mostly because it's her story to tell. And, right. Uh, but uh, what's um, she doing? What? What's she doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's yeah. It's it's fine. It's, I don't want to play Doctor yeah, Phil. No, that would it's. Be weird. Uh, it, I mean, it's mostly just. I mean, she's got a lot of fear and anxiety issues. Okay. Which are very normal. But yeah. But I think I've always seen them as a bit more significant than she has. And so trying to get hmm. her to have that perspective that I have of and this, I think this is affecting more things than you think it's affecting. Um, I don't, I have no idea. No, yeah, but like, that's kind of what I'm trying those conversations with her, but just that right. frustration of, and I, and we've kind of had a really big breakthrough through recently where she started to see some of it, but there's part of me that's like, fuck, like 12 years. I've been trying to get you to see this. Um, And, uh, and like, I just don't know how to, I don't know how to get you to see it. I deal deal with it with my daughter all the time because she's so strong-willed. And it's like, you know, it's that, it's always that issue as a parent of like, look, I have a pretty broad view of this. And if you just tweak these one or two things, you can really do yourself some big favors long-term. But that want to button's just not Mm. like, yeah, like I can't tell you to do it. I can't force you to do. It. I can't make you do it. I can't get you to want to do it. Right. How do I make you want to do the thing that's going to be the best thing for you? Mm. Um, and you can't make someone do it, but you know it's that whole you can lead a horse to water, can't make him drink yeah. type of thing. Um, well, there's communication.
2: This is part. Of that's why I think communication is such a valuable skill and learning it and how to how to. So, so I've heard that before, and there's a, a little thing in recovery that says uh, you can you can lead a horse water, but you can't make him drink. But here's what you can do: you can put a shit ton of salt
4: in their <laughs> oat bag,
2: yeah. Or you put enough salt in their oat bag, right? So, but that's a communication skill. Because you can it, it could be seen
4: as manipulation, right? When you care about someone, yeah, I feel you. And finding that line is really hard. Between, yeah. like, am I just fucking with their head? Am I gaslighting them? Yeah. yeah. Or, and where is that line between am I gaslighting them and um, am I trying to deepen this relationship and make them healthier? Right. And uh, and it's really nuanced and ugly and kind of gross. My like, wife said that to me not too long ago. We were are are you
2: gaslighting having me? Having... No. I'm not. She said it to me. And it was sort of one of those moments, like you're talking about, where she was approaching me with something that she thought was unhealthy and, and how I was emotionally processing mm-hmm. this new job, actually. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not gaslighting you. like she's, <laughs> right. I'm like, oh. Because I started, because I think that's where my judgment, part of my ego, that judgment thing, oh, here's where she's sitting on the throne and she's got the gavel and <laughs> you're on her, you know. Yeah, you know, that Pink Floyd, the Trial, mm-hmm. is so cool. I love that song. And but she said that, and I and I had to. And then in that instance, I took like two steps back and went, "Oh, because that's exactly what I was thinking." Trying to care for me. I know we've been married for thirty years, and we're finally getting to this point where I'm going,
4: "Oh, yeah, you're not gaslighting me. Like you're actually." And. Um, that issue is so tricky because the only difference between being gaslighted and not being gaslighted is their intent. Yeah. Because they could be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, and whether they're trying to manipulate you or whether they're trying to actually help you, like, really, it just comes down to their intention. Yeah. And then you have to figure out how much to actually trust this person. Trust,
2: that's right. Like, Because then okay, the trust like, button and, goes off.
4: And I think it's healthy to be acknowledged the fact that you probably don't trust them hundred percent and mm-hmm. and that's been an issue that's come up with me and Misha a lot recently is like look like I think I have some trust issues with some of this because um, it's been a long time since since yeah. you've made much progress on this but it doesn't mean I'm giving up on you mm-hmm. and doesn't you know i maybe my trust issues are only 15 percent but those are there and and if something really scary comes up those might flare up And it might feel, it might feel to me in the moment like I don't trust you at all. Right. Um, And I might even communicate that. That that was one thing that we've we've talked recently about. um, Something that I dragged into my marriage from my childhood was talking in absolutes. Mm. Like you always do this, you never do that. And she called me on that really early. Um, And so I worked really hard to get to the point where that happens less and less. Uh, But we were in a moment, and things were really tense, and I was really having... We were kind of discussing a lot of stuff that we talked about two weeks ago. Um, Some really intense stuff, and I started using absolutes. And she called me on it, but she interrupted my flow. Mm. And I said... That's awesome. I'm using using absolutes because I'm in a really emotionally tense place. Vulnerable. And I need you to just... Was, did it feel vulnerable though? Yeah, I was a uh, vulnerable and intense right. and I, like I really needed for her to listen mm. and her interrupting me really was disturbing. It's like, look, I'm no, I'm not using ideal language. Right. I know that, but like I, 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 I'm not in a place where I can pay attention to how I'm saying things and emote at the same time. Right. So can you just let me throw it all out there and it's gonna be fucking ugly? And, but can you choose to interpret it in a positive light instead of being offended? Mm. Uh, and, she, and she said that helped her a lot. Uh, uh, and Be a safe place for me. Right. And that's really what we're working on is she um, yeah, she just doesn't know how to make safe space for me. Mm. Um, it's not something she ever learned how to do. Uh, she is afraid of male emotion. Uh, so that makes it way worse, because yeah. because it's really hard to make a safe place for someone else if you're afraid. Yeah, like that's think, just really. You hard. think women are just visit back two weeks ago
3: afraid of the male emotion? I think I think it's extremely common. Oh, it's, yeah, I would say because yeah. I know my wife. Yeah, and for
4: again for good reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is one stereotype that I think is valid (laughs) yeah i'm afraid of male emotions right like yeah (laughs) yeah, i have i have all i have many instances in my life where intense male emotion also came with physical and emotional abuse yeah like like those two things are correlated in my mind and so and like that's just the math of the situation so sometimes i get in a situation where really strong male emotions are coming out and i start to freak out a little bit because Mm. it scares the shit out of me because, I, yeah, because that little kid in me says, last time this happened, shit went really bad. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I have that as well. For me, when
2: it's someone close to me, I can throw up the walls, you know. It, even my wife, like when she's angry, I just, mm. you know. And then it's it's, again, that communication and learning to choose the right words. It's not that I'm choosing the right words, but I want to love her. Display the
4: right attitude.
2: Yeah, and bring this kind of intimacy thing into this conversation, even when I feel she's not safe. And sometimes I'll just let it rest, especially if I have a buzz. (laughs) Or she does. You know. Uh, But it's, it's important to like you just brought up to emote in a way that's not, especially for guys, but women too. Because I think that's something that a lot of women don't know about men, is a lot of guys are scared to fucking death of their, their
4: spouse mm-hmm. or their girlfriend. And, and they live in a society where it's not okay to admit that. Yeah. You never yeah. admit that you're yeah, afraid yeah, of a woman. Yeah, well, exactly. But I, but I, 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 or you're I, a
2: pussy whipped. There's <laughs> right, that yeah, thing right. too. And that's she just dumb. a side effect of a lot of fucking, you know... <laughs> Non-communication, basically. And you either get out of the relationship
3: or you're friends. make fun of you. Well, I brought that up one night. I came up from work, and I'd been thinking about it all day. And I was thinking, oh, come on, I just said, you know, can I just tell you, you scare me. I'm afraid of you. Wow. And then she said, well, you make me nervous, mm-hmm. so maybe we should separate. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, that was that fucking go? scary thing to say. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so you immediately... said you said you scare me, and she said boo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. And it didn't register, you know. And it did with me. So okay. shields go up. Yeah, you know. And that's another issue. Like even tonight, you know, I make these attempts. Uh, she won't talk at, at depth. You know, she'll talk about. School, she'll talk about logistics, Missionite Corona. Talk she'll talk about anything, but when we talk about emotions, my emotions, she feels like I'm gaslighting her, like it's on her. Mm-hmm. And she, because when she came out of the hospital after her uh, bowel obstruction, you know, her best friend in California was getting all the information, and she was relaying. My wife asked her. She texts us about what was happening, and it pissed me off. Mm-hmm. So I told her, I said, it feels like I didn't matter. And She goes, why, do I, can't, why can't I not do anything right with you when mm-hmm. it comes to when I'm in the medical? And I was just trying to say, it. I was just trying to explain, I'm just explaining my, my feelings were hurt that you didn't feel like I should know. Well, I, and she just defended it, so I said, oh, shut her down. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's been the way it's been for me my whole life. And I'll find people and that's I've got this telling so Derek, i got this one customer that she's probably 46, 45, divorced her husband turned out to be a real shithead. And I can talk to her mm-hmm. and she'll talk to me and she's longing for that. And I that's a danger zone because it's a there's a there's a connection there that I'm not getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I can be vulnerable with her. Right. And she'll look at me and she'll say I'm sorry. And that's the same with me, you know, with her. She'll tell me something. I go, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm sorry. We are big losers until some point in our life when we realize I don't want to be this way anymore. So I start to grow. And most of us, like Driscoll used to say, we're just boys that can shave. You know, and I, that's one of the things I did like about what he said because that was me. Mm-hmm. You know, toss 50, I was just a boy that could shave. If I didn't get my way, I was going to throw a tantrum because that's.
2: Yeah, and I think that's part of some of his theology. I just had an interview with a guy who. I, I don't know I'm, I'm regretting it a bit <laughs> the interview? yeah I just I don't know Not, I mean, I think that his material was good some he wrote a book and, and it was good I think I think I liked his book I liked the idea of it I didn't read the fucking book but anyway <laughs> I just liked the idea of the book but then he shared something about church and like you can't give God an hour I'm like oh fuck like a cringe just Jump. came over me yep. but I think that that's a big thing that, you know, whether it's Christians or this, this, what you just shared with your wife. That idea that I don't, again, it's the ego versus the spirit. I don't feel safe. What are you doing? I can't do anything right. Like, that's all defensive. And, yeah. you know, some of the work I've done in the whole sex addiction thing, defensiveness. Like, guys who are are struggling with you know unwanted compulsive sexual behavior are incredibly defensive.
4: They have to be.
2: Well, part of it is yeah, they have to be but it's it's also because the, that part of their egos kept them alive. Right. But if you let it go and you just be I think that's part of what I tried to say in the, the last show or the show before that was when my wife and I got to the point where let's just be together because we want to be. Not because we have to be. We're not because, you know, the Bible says we should stay, you know, divorce is a sin or whatever. No, we're, we're partners. I love that idea of partners. And, and even heterosexual couples going, we're partners. Because partnership means yeah. we're doing this together because we want to. Not because we have to, not because we're right. obligated, but because we have this thing where we're...
4: We're better together. Yeah, we're better together your think Steve about um, about your wife Misha and I deal with that quite a bit too in that it's very difficult and we had a good discussion about this recently and she was very receptive um, she's done a really good job um, she does tend to not see stuff but when I finally successfully pointed out she's pretty good at getting on top of it and being receptive When you communicate, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But sometimes just, just, yeah, getting the right right weight in the right place sometimes is really difficult. And sometimes it feels like I have to really thread the needle. Mm. Um, But um, she has a really hard time with me expressing negative emotions because she extrapolates it into a criticism of herself. Mm, And that that. does not make a safe base for me at all. I can see that. Uh, (laughs) And Chuck and I were talking about that the other day um, because uh, we talked about how rare it is, but also how important it is for someone to, when someone shares their emotion, to let them unpack the weight of it without you taking on the weight. And that is a really delicate skill. And most people suck at it really bad. And once you figure out how to do it, it's really not that hard. Um, And it's easier to do with friendship than it is with your spouse. The the weight of the spousal relationship is so heavy because it's got roots that weave into everything else. Mm. So... um, so them on un- them showing a moment of weakness realizes makes you realize oh shit like I kind of got to compensate for this and I don't know if I'm in a spot emotionally where I can compensate for your weight and then you start to freak out and <laughs> what are the implications of this and if you believe that then that means this this and this you start and this. overthinking yeah. it yeah and yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we had I won't share specifics about what it was about um, but Misha's parents really kind of did a bit of a number on her when she was young by using the i'm disappointed in you line mm, and they you. didn't do a good job of saying i'm disappointed in your behavior they that said i'm disappointed, disappointed in, in you. you that was yeah me. that's different like and so any time that i express any type of disappointment she feels that to the core of her identity of yep. who she is as a person that's and me yeah. yeah and so um and so we had this moment the other day where there was an issue that came up, and I told her, like, we got it. I've always, not always, but recently been kind of thinking about the idea that the monster in the closet with the lights off is way scarier than when you actually see it with the lights on and it's out oh, of the yeah. closet, when it's yeah. standing in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, this issue that we're talking about, I said, Misha, the last 12 years have been incredibly disappointing. And I just kind of let her feel the weight of that. And you could tell, like, it just started to crush her. I said, but that's only to date. And that doesn't mean I think you're hopeless. It doesn't think, mean I think you can't change. It doesn't mean it has anything to do with my satisfaction with your relationship, my relationship with you. It doesn't tie into your personhood. It's just this aspect over here of... You know, three hundred different variables. This one right here has been really disappointing oh, to date.
2: Right.
4: And she was able to get under that for the first time wow, ever, yeah, that's, because that's cool. because I was able to without feeling a yeah, personal attack to hold thing. it up and say, okay, yes, this is and, oh, wow. and her fear has always the
3: been. ego
2: runs in and goes, oh, we can fuck this guy. They just separated like, <laughs> like yeah. Steve was saying, his wife was saying, yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's great. That's a breakthrough.
4: Yeah, it was huge it for is. her. Yeah, to be able to hold that up because I mean, she'd always. One, she'd always known, Mm -hmm. like, that wasn't a surprise to her that that was a disappointment. She's always known that. But her fear of what that extrapolated to, it extrapolated to everything in her head. Because of that, I'm disappointed in you thing. And so she, and so, but I was able to hold it up and say, no, just this, just this is what I'm disappointed in. And it's not necessarily, it's got some roots into everything else. But for the most part, I can hold it up and isolate it. And, and tell you genuinely I think it's something that you can fix like it's, I'm not giving up hope and I'm not leaving the relationship because I think it's too broken is she in therapy? no uh, she's <laughs> and that's been one of the issues that's been kind of the issue of the want to button for yeah. a long time is, yes uh, uh, and it's one of those things where there's always a, an excuse yep. and, some, and yep. most of excuses are good but it's like, yeah, but there's always an excuse. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, yeah, same with that. And so, and we kind of had a conversation. But, no, so she met with someone online a week ago, and so we And that was... We had a I Thursday night, uh, I went to John's house. We smoked some weed and watched a movie. And, uh, and then I came home, and usually I just go to sleep right away. But uh, there was enough of my selves connected in that moment, that stuff started to get really riled up and I couldn't sleep. So I, about 2.30 in the morning, went and woke Misha up oh, and God. we just worked through it. Fortunately, she's a much better at waking up than I am because oh, yeah. I can't, <laughs> I can't engage at all. With that no, like that. I do, no. But, yeah. uh, um, yeah, so I mean, we just, we just, I just spilled my guts on a whole bunch of stuff that had been bugging me. That kind of started, I mean, it'd been, it had been stewing for a while, but really kind of got aggravated by that podcast episode two weeks ago. Mm. Uh, but no, she's she is incredibly competent and really loving and really caring. Um, and it's easy to make room for her in that, especially when it responds that way, because I really know that it's just because she didn't see it. And it's really yeah, hard yeah. to be mad at someone. Really angry and upset when you realize they just couldn't see it. Yeah, yeah. So I think with my Making wife room
3: that's good language. It was her mother yeah. that was disappointed in her. Yeah. And the fact that her mom's still alive and her dad's gone, now she's still trying to get that. Um yeah. she's already warned me that when her mom her mom's eighty seven and when her mom passes away, she goes, I'm not gonna be fun to be with Oh great. That's <laughs> something I look forward to. Right. But you know, it, uh, we've we've both talked about therapy. Um, and she's got some names, mm-hmm. but she hasn't acted on it because there's always an excuse. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, there's always a reason. Um, I don't have time, I don't have money, I don't have the energy. That's just one more thing I can't do. And you don't know where her want to but you know. Right, I don't know where her want to
4: put. You know. yeah. mm-hmm. And that's so frustrating. Yeah, it is very frustrating. Especially when you feel like you're at a point in your marriage where you... Can't get much more further forward progress until they do something. No, you can only get so right. far out there before you need them to. Yeah, but again, in. it's
2: it's. I don't know if it's skill or communication or. It's Want to. The heart, yeah. Well, there's your want to, and then there's her want. Yeah, to. yeah. and that's what I think. That's so what Derek's
3: referring to.
4: Yeah, if we, you think uh, of a.
2: I think of the story. Um, I was a weird fucking kid. And probably part of it was my damage. But for some reason, the um, uh, Robin Hood is, you know, it's like a kid's story. But then it came into, yeah. Yeah, That is the cartoon, the Disney, you know, the Disney came out. But but I heard the story before, and somebody read it when I was a kid. And there was always that thing of the dark wood, you know. No one goes into the dark wood. And there's something about that. Relationally, that when you're heading into it, it's not really about what they're doing. It's about who you're going to be, and and it's also that that differentiation between your spirit and your ego. Like when you would see the ego jumping into defense mode, I mean, my wife and I have had some of those kind con- of like, why don't you just leave me? You know, we've had those conversations for years, and it would just pop up, and then we would like like. Urgh! You're like here's the brake pedal. It was a sort of like a bull in the E brake or something. And then we both stop, evaluate the relationship that we have, and then go, Because I love you. And that's why we're doing this. So yeah. the kid in me, the kid in me backs up a little bit, and then the kid in her would back up a little bit, and we would both be able to to not let that defense because mo- I think it's all, the de- defense mode is just trying to keep you safe. It's just trying to help you survive. Yeah. It's, that, it's that, that animal thing in all of us that's like fight or flight. Like, no, I'm going to keep this because you're attacking me, and I feel vulnerable. And if I feel vulnerable, I'm going to protect that with all I fucking got. But then it's
3: like, wait,
2: okay. Back, you know, but
3: like, you can't make someone get to that what to yeah. No you can't. And I think But I, you can be you
2: in that fucking scenario, and just this is where I'm at. Totally vulnerable,
4: totally fucking prod me or whatever, and then you just sit there in it. Right. And that was where Mish and I ended up. Like basically and it was interesting to be there because her idea of what a fight looks like was very different than what my fight idea of a fight looked like. The model I grew up with is uh, when things are really rough, the man leaves. Mm. Like, he packs his shit, and he goes and stays at yeah. a friend's house. I gotta go get a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> well, not like that, but, like, <laughs> yeah, no. like, like my, dad, okay. my dad left all the time. Like, he would just oh, go okay. for a week or whatever. Uh, and a most, week? Yeah, most of the men that I knew, they got in big fights. We had p- people that would stay on our couch. My dad would go stay on other people's couches. Um, and so, um, and it was interesting in that moment, because I kept offering to leave to Misha um, and I saw it as a like a favor and she saw it as terrifying like she mm. didn't want me to leave at all. Right. Uh, and it took me a while to get around my, my head around the idea that to her me offering to leave was a threat <laughs> and that was not what my intention was right um,
2: what did you think it was for her in your to give her
4: space and to let her give her a break yeah or? maybe talk to some friends and, and where would you go Probably I don't know John's house or a guy's house or a girl's house. Probably a guy's house.
3: I'd probably go to a girl's house. You think so? I would know I would.
4: Huh? I don't have a girl to go to. So. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'd have to go to uh, like Idaho or something. But see
3: that's the weird thing. Okay, here's here's a scenario. It's along with our lines of can can men be friends with women that aren't their wives? A buddy of mine, he I saw him on Facebook and he they'd planned this hike. He and his wife and some friends went on a hike. We're going to go on a hike up and schedule. Whatcom. and uh, his wife couldn't go. So he went with her friend. My wife would not it, it would not work. Yeah. And I go, "Why wouldn't it work?" I'm in my head I'm thinking this. You know, right. why wouldn't that work? Why couldn't I go on a hike with somebody that's a woman?
4: Yeah.
3: Because I think uh, previously if my wife had suggested that it was my own fears and insecurities that I had somehow failed. But I have no there's
4: no sexual there. It's just the companionship and to go on a hike. Yeah, it comes down to that whole thing that the church says you can't trust yourself. And then you start to look around and you're like, you know what? Well, for me, it's like, I'm 37 fucking years old. I'm doing okay. I think I can trust myself. Mm. Right. Like, I don't have to be fucking afraid all the time of this 15-year-old horny boogeyman. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's,
2: you know, again, it's the flesh and the spirit. It's that ego thing that they don't have good language for today, anyway. Maybe they did have good language for it 400 years ago, but today they don't. And it's just, you know, you can't trust yourself. You might, you know, you might sin or, like, you
3: don't give Instant the like, purity, a devil thing, uh, yeah, a so foothold. What I grew yeah, up in exactly. was the opposite. My dad wouldn't leave, nor my mom. My mom would just t- or cower under my dad's hmm. authority. And that's, how, that's the, the, the framework with which everything I have. I would expect my wife to just to submit to what I want. Right. And that's the difficulty is to, and in her situation growing up, uh, her mother was the dominant one. Right. And always being disappointed to her mom. And I think she was also disappointed in her daughter because her daughter had a relationship with her dad that she didn't have with her husband. So that's the whole dynamics, and I mean it, it's it's interesting because you look at now, and that's why I was talking with this customer, friend of mine. I said, you know, you look at now, and you think, okay, well, I'm getting in a relationship, and she goes, okay, what are you bringing into this relationship? What baggage are you bringing? I said, exactly. That's the stuff you don't ask at 25 years old. And she goes, no, I didn't, yeah. but I do now. Yeah. I said, oh, I would absolutely. I go, let's we need to talk, you know, before this goes anywhere. You know, where are you going? And I asked my wife, well, it was 40 years, we've been married 40 years, uh, it was the 16th of August. We didn't do anything, it was 100 degrees that day, and we just, you know, went over to the KFC and got some chicken and potato salad and some rolls, and we had dinner at the house. And she goes, happy anniversary. Oh yeah. You know, I asked her a year ago, I said, so is, are, are you, is this where you thought we'd be? And she goes, this isn't bad. And I'm thinking, are you really serious? You <laughs> right she goes, no, we got two great kids. I said, Yeah. But how about us? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I knew I, you couldn't go anywhere with it. I knew I wouldn't go anywhere with it because I knew. And that's the frustration. I mean, I've gone. I've discussed that with other women, and they've asked, "Well, was will she? Will she go to therapy?" We
4: tried. Yeah. Well, and, and it's a it was thing. interesting having the conversation with Misha because she all of a sudden understood. That it was a lot more cool. serious than she thought it was. Right. And that, and I told her that brought up some trust issues with me. Like, because I don't, because uh, I, some part of me wonders if her recent change of attitude is just her attempt to save the marriage. Yeah. It's like, is this genuine? And, but then at the other hand, like, one, that's probably not pure. Like, I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff behind it. Uh, and two, like, What's wrong with that? <laughs> right? right, like whatever. Right. Yeah, whatever gets things moving is fine. But yeah, it was. It felt there was some definite frustration on my part of like, really, I had to offer to leave in order for you to jump up and do something.
3: Well, that's the that other side of me. It thinks, what if I had left? You yeah. know, okay, let's separate. Right. Because um, then well,
2: you you're, you're kind of predicting and differentiating like what it is that what their ego is doing they're just right. going to leave they just want to well i'll get help because now if i don't get help then
4: derek's going to leave i don't know if, if that her motivation really, like, again I it's know. well it's assuming it's, it's assuming one pure okay. a modi- motivation i'm sure it's a big hot box of yeah, all kinds yeah, of things yeah, yeah. and
3: sometimes yeah. that i don't know that's sometimes that well that's the the struggle for me is that i genuinely love it wife, and i see um well, we could be, and it hurts me when it's we're not there, you yeah. know, the, the genuine, and then I will transfer that into other relationships, I think, well, what would happen if that, well, this wouldn't have happened, because I'm, I'm aware of what that's going to do, mm-hmm. so the relationship would be different, I mean, to come home and be
4: greeted with a hug and a kiss, um, what would
3: have to do with that, mm-hmm. you know? place
4: yeah. like back I mean back to what you were kind of talking about a minute ago with uh, these other women that you're friends with um, honestly I think one of the worst lies that the Christian Church came up with recently is the idea that one person is supposed to be able to take care of all your needs yeah. because like one but come to church and yeah. have friends but and one the, one the obligation of oh, that just strangles things. Like the weight of that requirement just absolutely cuts the want to out of things. And you're starting to do things because you have to. And then two, like, that's silly. Like people there's nobody that's good at everything. Yeah. Exactly. Like and and so is it okay for you to start getting relational needs from you know for is it okay for me to get some of my relational needs from women? on one or two things that my wife's just not terribly good at yeah. that I feel like are really important to me. But, but like my wife's got nine out of 10 mm-hmm. and I'm not going anywhere oh. because and, nine and, out of 10 and, is fucking awesome. Yeah. And, and I can't, and, and some of those will never happen again. Like there's not going to be another wife of my kids. Right. Like, sorry. Like that's just yeah. off the table. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Right. Uh, so, and why would I leave that? But at the same time, is it okay to go somewhere else to get that one out of ten and say, like, you know what? Like, it's pretty important to me. I don't know. Right. then I think it's the, the romantic
2: needs or the sexual needs, to use those words. Sexual needs can be very elusive because people, you know, define that. as yeah, a weird box. But, the, the, yeah, the re- relational needs, when you start feeling that. It's kind of like when we talked about that was so important that we... Uh, there was a few people that... Got back to us in that. Thanks for doing that. Like, that was a Which good one? episode about m- male friends. Oh, yeah. You know, women with male friends. Um, because that is important. But I think that the relational part, when you start to feel that weird sexual
4: tension. Well, and I really, you know, to use your thing, Russ, it always comes down to intimacy. Yeah. And the, and the ego. the sex is your fucking... And the fucked up Western societies define se- e- Intimacy is sexuality, but it's a way bigger. Right, it's bucket way deeper than that, than that. Yeah. right? So, and then like there's just it's c- vulnerability, right? There's certain levels of intimacy that my wife isn't going to be able to give to me, no matter what happens. She didn't grow up with me, so she didn't share my childhood. She'll mm-hmm. never know me as a child. Right? There's never right, right, going right. to be that connection yeah. that I might be able to have with some woman yeah. that I grew up with. Someday there'll be an app for that, but right, but right now, <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah. yeah, and like just like maybe some personality stuff. Like I have edges to my personality. Yeah. That she's just not going. To, she can be empathetic towards. Yeah, it's that Mars could,
2: Venus thing too? Yeah, like, there's
4: something to that. That guy was an
2: asshole who's been married four times. But it's not. But even, there's a, there's a good. There really is real.
4: And it's not even yeah necessarily a gendered thing. Like there's yeah yeah there's there's women who relate to me on on a personality level mm-hmm. uh, that I'll just never have with my wife because yeah. she's not like that. But it does again. It's like one thing. And so the question is... That doesn't
2: necessarily mean we're all going to fuck him either. Right, Like, exactly. that's the thing.
4: But, <laughs> and that, that's that whole... Like, look, Billy not, Crystal... Fuck Billy Crystal right. in... in uh, American right. Evangelicals. Yes, <laughs> the Harry Metz <Potter>, Allen, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, so, sorry. Yeah, and I don't know. And... And... Uh, yeah, and it's... And it's big, and it's messy, and it's definitely dangerous... Mm. but you know what like that's the best parts of life that's things right things that are big and messy and, and dangerous scary and risky yeah and and there's a there's a cost to that but you know what else there's a cost to there's a cost to being afraid all the time that's and right and not yeah. doing
2: anything yeah and swallowing your shit and pretending like everything is okay when it's fucking not right you, you brought up in the last episode My Chemical Romance a song that that dude wrote the guy that wrote The Umbrella Academy that changed my Gerard life Gerard Way Gerard Way yeah song that changed my life is probably the first song I've heard by by Chemical Romance was I'm not okay I promise. <laughs> yeah. So and I just started the, watching the chorus that. Of that song. The chorus of that song goes like this, Steve. I'm okay. I promise. I'm okay. I promise. I'm not okay. I promise. You <laughs> to
3: start watching that.
4: It's really good.
3: Yeah, okay. I'm on like on episode 5. Yeah, it's, it gets it's, honestly it's, I think season Vanya. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, we, met we just the guy and today. the guy
3: is throwing her Pills down the drain. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. the last episode. episode. Yeah. Yeah. It is
2: complicated and intense. but Yeah, and all those kids are super fucked up. <laughs> that's the idea.
3: Yeah, Because they're all him. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, beauty.
2: Good. Sweet. Thanks for listening and subscribe. Thank
0: Thanks
1: for listening to Punk Theology. This was how your day started started wrong shut up thanks for listening to punk theology wanna make a punk robot joyful, jovial, jolly gleeful? hit that subscribe button like as if the pt podcast was your lift driver would you please leave pt that coveted 5 star review thanks you fucking rock you can email the punks at punktheologypod at gmail.com. Yeah, they would love to read yours on the show. Follow Punk Theology on Twitter at punktheologypod. And don't forget to join the Facebook group, Punk Theology Pub. The Punk Theology Podcast is the sole property of of digitalaudioproject.com, LLC, who is responsible for its content.